Hello, and welcome back to Think Yourself Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Barbieri. Before we dive into this episode, I just want to remind you that if you take a screenshot that you're listening and tag us on Instagram, we'll send you a 15% off discount for the eight-week Retrain Your Brain program. Just take a screenshot and tag me at Heather Barbieri RDN. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to it. Hello, everybody. On today's episode of Think Yourself Healthy, we have special guest returning to us, Christina Furia. So excited to have her. Uh, For many of you that are avid listeners, you are very familiar with Christina and her work. You might know her as the new, your new frequency on Instagram. She has an incredible platform where she is just sharing her wisdom and knowledge with all The journey that she's been on, um, I I just admire so much. I feel so aligned uh, with the work and and the mission that she is on and so excited to come together today to have a a little more in-depth conversation about all of that. But Christina, thank you so much for being here with us today and tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what brings you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so um, I am a former therapist, a former psychotherapist, and a former atheist who now lives a very, very different life and experience of life. Um, I now work as a transformational coach and mentor and really just human being on a mission to bring I guess the way it comes through is to bring truth to the collective, um, truth about what we're really doing here on earth at this time, truth about what it means to be a soul being, having a human experience, and truth about God and source beyond religious distortions. So I think I will wrap it at that for for now. That's a sort of a a quick overview. (laughs) Ooh, I feel like it's going to be a loaded conversation today. (laughs) Trigger warnings galore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but in a good way. Like these are the triggers that we're meant to be having at this moment in time. Absolutely. And I think that we'll definitely have an opportunity to talk a little bit more about those triggers and how those triggers are actually happening for us rather than to us and how we can shift that perception to help us invite the creator more into this this present moment to have a better understanding of the lessons and everything we're supposed to be taking away from this. So first off, you said a couple things I've got to address, all right? (laughs) Let's do it. So you said former therapist and former atheist. First and foremost, these are some labels that, uh, you know, we we have a lot of attachment to. So first, I'd like to just commend and applaud you for having the courage to be able to throw it out there and have these conversations, right? Just the idea of, uh, you know, no longer aligning yourself with the credentialing around being a therapist and having to fit that paradigm and broken system, that takes courage. And there's not a lot of professionals out there that are willing to walk away from the attachment to those credentials and say, you know what, I am creating a whole new outlet of service to the collective and I don't need the insurance and the convenience of this. So talk to me a little bit about that. Tell me. Yeah. Who you even just saying that actually gave me, I got full body chills going. Um, Confirmation. Yes. Yes. Um, So the story with that is almost four years ago, I had a spiritual awakening and it was literally all wrapped up in the same moment. It was like, I awakened to you know, myself as a soul being, as a spiritual being and wrapped up in it was the awareness that I couldn't be a therapist anymore. It's like they came through together. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really tumultuous time because ultimately it was like, your identities are are falling away very quickly. And so for a couple of years, I kind of um, did a little bit of a dance, like basically straddling both lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I was maintaining my license as a therapist for a while and kind of like you know I was dabbling I was doing both and then I it came through loud and clear like you have to let 
your license go, which, you know, uh, in, in the field of work you do, it's like, it's not that easy to get a license. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's seven, seven years of, you know, commitment to the academia, not to mention the financial investment plus just literally the sacrifice that it yeah. takes uh, throughout that time period, which is why we become so attached to these credentials because yeah. we worked hard for them. There was a lot of sacrifice. So hard, so yeah. hard. Right. And like for me, you know, I started undergrad at 18. I think I got my license maybe at 29 or 30. So we're talking a lot yeah. of years here. So yeah. anyway, it came through, you got to let it go. So after some kicking and screaming and objecting, my higher self was like, okay, you can do this. You can do this. And so I let it go. Um, and yeah, since that's that time, it's really been, it's like, we make decisions like that, that on one level, it's like, well, nothing changed. You know, mm -hmm. one day I had a license the next morning I didn't, and I'm still the same, right. but it triggers a shift energetically. Absolutely. And so that shift got triggered. And since that time, it's really, um, there's been a whole like ripple effect. And I've just been, been without even really meaning to just been in this experience of becoming more and more and more of it's a funny word to use, but this is how it always comes through more of a, like a servant mm -hmm. to a mission. And that is just something that's so far above and beyond any credentialing or schooling or academic anything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what I'm hearing you say is that there was a inner knowing, there was this intuitive thing within you, this calling, this, this thing, right? And you were, you had the ability to listen to its little vibration or hum or whatever, you know, whatever it was that was trying to get your attention to let you know, hey, this is not in alignment with what you are supposed to be doing. Most people don't have the ability to even have that experience because they are so disconnected from mm -hmm. their, from their being right. We're so disassociated out here and in all of this, trying to avoid coming in and hearing those inner voices, those inner knowings. So how, how can you, how can you help support others with, uh, honoring, listening, mm. having the courage to go back in their body. Like how, how do others have the ability to have the experience you had? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. And, you know, I think there are probably a lot of answers. Um, an important one is really to recognize that everybody's journey does look different. Um, my specific journey was like, I was in utter darkness until the lights just came on, like literally a light switch. But for some people, it's it's kind of like a slow walk out of darkness, right? And you start little by little by little seeing, seeing the light. Um, so yeah, I kind of named that just because it's so important to understand that we all came here in this lifetime. We incarnated for a specific reason or many, many reasons really. And... So really just understanding the uniqueness of mm -hmm. our journeys and kind of like when we're meant to awaken, you know, like on one hand, I think about sort of my more overarching soul journey. And I'm like, why didn't I awaken until I was 31? You think I could have done it sooner? Not that mm -hmm. 31 is old, but you know, like mm -hmm. it's not, it's not 21. Um, but it's like, I awakened at the moment I was meant to, right? It was like, I needed to be kind of asleep at the wheel for a while. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's sort of not answering your question, but I just think it's important. <laughs> it's important to understand. It is. I think that it's extremely important to let others know that the awakening process happens very differently. And for many you know, I know for myself, I started to have my awakening process very, very early in adolescence, right? Mm. And then again, in early adulthood, and then mid. And so there were things that intervened that put me back to sleep, in a sense. And now reflecting back over that journey, I understand why those things potentially had to happen in order for me to gain experience and knowledge and wisdom to handle some challenging circumstances and situations mm -hmm. that I otherwise not 
you know, maybe would not have been exposed to. And through that experience, I gained the lesson, I gained the knowledge and wisdom, but then I also gained a sense of empathy and understanding for others who were going along that walk, right? So there is a part of me that allows for more compassion and grace to come in, having had all of these different diverse experiences that were very challenging to overcome it's a blessing. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful gift. And so ultimately, as you said, we souls pick these experiences to incarnate here and learn these very specific lessons. And for many, they will never learn their lessons. And in my opinion, I think that it's important to understand that that's part of that soul's journey and that it needs to keep reincarnating into pain and suffering until it has, you know, had enough and mm-hmm. ready to have that. So one thing that I think is important for you and I and others to understand as we go along this very tumultuous, you know, just rocky, crazy, chaotic ascension process is that it's not our responsibility to wake others up. It's our responsibility to take accountability for our own awakening process, Mm. right? Yeah, that's so beautifully said. And it's like, right, as we awaken, those who are meant to be impacted by us will be, Mm -hmm. you know, and and for me, a part of my awakening experience has been a high level of transparency. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I'm on Instagram, people can see me. Mm -hmm. And like my most recent sort of awakening, which has been unfolding over the last year or so, like I did a lot of it publicly. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I wasn't really trying to awaken anybody through doing that. I just Mm -hmm. was listening to the higher call coming through me, which Mm -hmm. was, you need to share this. And yeah, yeah, like sometimes it's going to be clumsy and sometimes it's going to maybe turn some people off, but it just kept consistently coming through, share this. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I didn't do that, like I said, to awaken anybody. However, it was very clear to me that that was a part of the way in which I can serve. And that's continued to be true. I'm not intentionally trying to, you know, quote unquote, make anybody experience something, Mm -hmm. but I am sharing my experience with a level of knowing that it's, it matters, doing that matters. And that's beautiful because through sharing the experience and it first and foremost, it validates your experiences, right? By being able to share and speak your truth, you're taking ownership and saying, this is my perception and I'm validating that experience as I perceived it happening. And so that in itself is beautiful because then that allows for us to open up to self-forgiveness to having more compassion and to having more grace with self. So ultimately through that, we get to cultivate some inner child healing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we know that that little inner child is truly the gatekeeper between us and our ability to achieve higher consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really beautifully said. And, you know, I think the self-forgiveness piece, it's its funny because I think a lot of people don't necessarily think they have anything to forgive themselves for. But then once you, you know, really begin on this path, you start to find all of the small ways in which you've kind of um, exiled or excommunicated certain parts of yourself for not, you know, fitting into a certain mold or, or you know, not getting it right. And mm-hmm. So yeah, part of the, at least in my perception, it sounds like in yours too, part of the process is really making space for all parts of you to come back into your energy field and be reclaimed as worthy of love. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, self-forgiveness, self-compassion, just grace. It's all so, so, so important. It is. It's, it's truly, well, it's, it's part, in my opinion, based on you know, my level of understanding and knowing is that it is actually one of the fundamental key components of this human experience, right? Is, I mean, when we can achieve that, that allows for us to really stand up, model true love and light and serve the collective consciousness in a greater way. So what I love about myself and you, 
And yeah, so I'm going to toot our own little horns here, okay? Because it does take it does take a pretty, you know, substantial amount of courage to come forward and speak these truths that you and I have been willing to share through our, you know, platforms, our very very public platforms. And I, I know for myself that there was a lot of, I had a lot of resistance with starting my podcast. I wanted to start my, co- my podcast back in 2015. And due to all my limiting beliefs and then all of my traumas, I was so fearful of starting the podcast because then I would be captured. <laughs> it mm. would it would be there always for someone to use against me, right? And we've got this whole cancel culture you know, climate that has happened that continues to become more and more toxic. And so there was always that fear, right? Like if I did the podcast and put the stuff out there, then I could be attacked. I could be judged. I could be criticized. And that fear kept me from stepping up and taking that action step. But when I chose to finally just surrender and say, Fuck it. You know, mm-hmm. I am doing it. It's time. God whispered to me and said, it's time, Heather. It's time. It's time to go big girl. I was so scared. But when I chose to go there and when I chose to start having these very intimate conversations and being transparent about my personal experiences in life, I truly started to forgive myself and I could feel myself actually healing. And through that healing, it was also helping to give permission to others to validate their experience, accept their truth and start their own healing process. Mm. So it's, it's how lucky are we to even have an opportunity to do all of this? Who's yeah. the blessed one here? Totally. I, there's so many things that you said that I, it's funny. I'm just going to have like rolling body and that's, this entire interview and <laughs> as it, as it should be my friend. Yeah. But something you said that really stood out is just like this idea. You didn't say it in these exact words, but this idea of like moving beyond shame, or maybe it's more of a moving through shame to love yourself. And then realizing that as you do that, you're actually empowering everybody else to do the same because actually we're all in, in a certain sense, so being held back by the limiting beliefs and the shame and whatever else that we have about ourselves. And it's like, we think that other people are judging us and so sure in some moments they are, but most of the time, everybody's much more concerned with, with judging themselves. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody you know, when the rare somebody is like, I'm done with this, I'm done with shaming myself and not loving myself. And they come into that state of wholeness. That shit changes the world. Right. Absolutely. It, it truly does. I mean, it's, it's the only way when they talk about it, right. When we hear this idea that you have to go through it in order to get over to the other side, this is it. Yeah. There is no other way. So with all of that being said, you know, the second part that you talked about was being an atheist. And I, I'm just going to speak to my experience. So I have had a very long, confusing relationship with my spirituality. (laughs) It's been a very, it's been a very interesting road that we have been on. I was raised Catholic, grew up in the Catholic religion, had to go to, you know, Catholic school and PSR and all of the things. And and I went through this system all the way up through the end of my sophomore year of high school until I begged my mother to let me go to a public school. And so throughout my experience being raised in the Catholic religion, every time I stepped foot in the church, my body physically rejected wanting to be there. Mm -hmm. And I could never understand it, but I could never pay attention. I could never remember any of the readings. I could never verbatim remember the prayers. It was like there was this amnesia fog that would overcome me when I would step into that church environment. And in my opinion, it was almost like a protective barrier keeping Mm -hmm. me from the indoctrination, right? Of these beliefs. 
But for whatever reason, I never felt aligned and at home within the Catholic religion. And throughout my journey, you know, I've left the church, I've resented God, I've hated God, I've can't understand God. I'm so angry, like just, you know, so victimized. And in 2000, in, I guess it was 2018, that was a really big turning moment for me because I became very, very suicidal. I was, I hit rock bottom again in my life and just thought, are you effing kidding me? Like, how am I here again? I'm back in the basement of my parents' house, back in the Midwest. I gave up my practice again. I have no financial resources, nowhere to live. And I'm looking up at the ceiling, you know, in my parents' basement going, God, like how, how am I here again? Like, what is the point? And so at this time, I really felt that taking my life was the only way that this was the only way I was going to get out of this pain and suffering. And one day I recall praying to God, like, all right, I'm going to give this thing a shot. <laughs> see, what, see what it's all about. It feels weird, but I'm going to do it. So as I'm like, all right, God, we're going to do this thing. So there I am. And I'm offering up my prayer and, 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 you know, surrender to God saying like, look, I need some assistance. So ultimately I offer up this prayer, please, your God, help me find my way. And so I get up and I go to use the restroom and I grab my phone and I look at my phone and there is a text message on my phone that says, are you ready to go to Redding, California? And I'm like, well, well, fuck yeah, I want to get out of the Midwest. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I am down. So I message back. I'm like, what is this? Well, ironically enough, it happened to be a text message from a service for a job that I had applied to January of that year. And it is now November. Okay. Mm. And this is part of what led to this immense depression because I was so conflicted. I was trying to get back into the clinical world to reestablish myself, right? With my credentials. And for whatever reason, just resistance after resistance kept popping up with me being able to get back into the clinical setting. And so this led to part of that depression and the financial insecurity. And so anyway, I'm messaging with this place, discover that it's this company that I had applied for a job and it's a contract position and the contract that they offered me was mind blowing. Okay. This was so good to be like, the, I thought for sure this was way too good to be true. So I decided to take the contract. And as I'm getting ready to head out to Redding, California, I decide to go and see the energy healer that I was working with at the time. And so the energy healer is, you know, doing all of their stuff. And they're like, you know, you got a lot of blockages in your energy center, specifically your root chakra. This is like, there's like a lot of cobwebs and gunk in here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. And they're like, feels related to like men and financial security. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. So I start telling them about this trip I'm taking tomorrow. And they look at me and they said, Heather, do you know that you are going to the world Mecca for the root chakra, the root chakra? And I'm like, what? Mount Shasta just so happened to be the world center for the root chakra. Wow. And mysteriously, God is leading me on this journey up north to heal myself. Wow. wow. Okay. So this was the thing that woke me up to realizing that there is something so much greater to us and if we can just allow ourselves to lean into trusting into the process and trusting into the plan that we co-created with God before we ever chose to incarnate here, that mm -hmm. that's where all of the beauty and grace lies. If we can just trust and open ourselves up to the creator. So for me, this is where I had to choose to receive God. Mm. fully into my life to open up my heart and say, 
I am, I am a child of God. I am a co-creator of this reality I am experiencing with God. Mm. This is not by accident. This is all by beautiful design. And I love that you got all of that from praying once, right? (laughs) But here's the thing. This one prayer was the difference between me potentially choosing to take my own life and trusting that this fucking text message was actually God, Mm. right? Because how often are we getting spammed through text messages and not being able to trust that this might be the one message that God's using technology to reach us through. And for whatever reason in that moment, when I received that text message and it honestly, it said, are you ready to go to Redding, California? And I allowed my intuitive voice to come forth and it said, well, hell yes, sign me up. Yeah. And what you're saying, you know, is, you know, at the very beginning you asked like, well, how do people begin to like hear from that part of themselves and, you know, all of this on one level, I do think in, for many people, not all, it's about actually like hitting the basement. You are literally in the basement (laughs) of your parents' house, but oftentimes it's like this metaphorical hitting the basement. And it's like from that low place, there's a certain, we might call it desperation that, that begins to come through our experience. And it, it inspires us to do things we wouldn't otherwise do because desperation will do that to a person. And it's like from that, that dark place, when we invite in the presence of God, when, you know, so my perspective is that we're always held. There's always a base, a basic level to which we're held by God, source, the universe, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But then when you invite it in, you get held, you get an extra extra layer, right? Because by, by inviting it in, you're actually saying, I am willing to surrender a part of my free will to the divine, right? Not in a way that feels icky, the way if you surrendered your free will to a human being, right? This is a, a really beautiful way of, of communing with something greater than yourselves, with yourself. And so, yeah, it's like through doing that, it really triggers a whole new experience, but it's like by being in that darkness from, by doing it there, you get a different response, right? Because you need it. And so God recognizes that. And it's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna not show up. Right. I'm not gonna not show up. And I want to be careful because I don't want to like, um, personify God. Right. Right. But truly like it it does have that feeling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, in my opinion, All of this is happening for us. And the more darkness that we experience, the more light we have the capacity to hold. Mm. And so if we, if we have the ability to really recognize and take ownership of this life experience it, because we literally created it, literally planned the whole sucker out, you know, experience for experience for experience. And it may not go exactly as what we had initially planned because free will, right? Because there is such thing as free will. Mm -hmm. And so with free will, that's where we really have the opportunity for the lesson to be presented. And through the lesson, if we choose to embody all of the skills, tools, and things that we've acquired up to this point, and give ourselves the ability to access that intuitive knowledge that we've carried over from all of our lifetime experiences, we can really step up and out of the victim mentality that keeps us surrendered and stuck and attached to this whole matrix that keep us, that literally keeps us separated from our relationship with God, in my opinion. Right. Right. And it's like the matrix feeds our egos and our egos are responsible for, you know, it's the thing, the ego, I think of it as the thinking mind, the sense of self. So it's like, as you disconnect from the matrix and in place of the matrix, allow your higher self and your connection to God or source to, to kind of fill that, that place, Mm -hmm. then your ego begins to the funnel comes not from the matrix, but from your higher self and from source and from God. And so we don't, 
in spiritual spaces, we'll hear a lot about ego death and that's kind of a different thing. Ego death has a place, but ultimately right. like on a day-to-day -day basis, we do need our egos. And mm -hmm. so really the power move is unplugging from the matrix and plugging back into God mm -hmm. so that the ego can begin to run from that place. And once that starts to happen, then your mind starts being less disagreeable. Mm -hmm. like the human mind is always going to give us a hard time. It's kind of what it's meant to do. It's, it's why we have it. Mm -hmm. But as we learn to let it be guided by our higher selves and by, by God, by source, by creator, it, it does create a, a full-fledged shift in experience. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a turning up upside down on its head. Right. Really. So in, in to that point, okay. So when someone is going through that awakening experience and they're, uh, they're having that moment of realization where they're like, wait, this is so much bigger than my ego mind, right? Like there's something more to this. As we are having that experience and going through this transitionary period, this is a very dark place that we're in because everything that we've known up to that point, we're having to choose to use discernment. And, and, and critically analyze, is this my belief? Is this true for me? Or is this something that I adopted from elsewhere that is not in alignment with my true self? And so when we're going through that period of darkness, it can feel extremely lonely and isolating. And many people, this is where they stop their process because they feel alone. And the idea of aloneness is so frightening for them that it forces them to choose to go back into that matrix mindset and abandon their spiritual self, yeah. their true self. Mm -hmm. And so if, if the collective could only understand, right, that as we have that awakening moment, we're going through that period of darkness, we're never alone. We're never truly alone. And if we can learn to cultivate that relationship with the creator and learning how to love self, there is no sense of separation. There is no sense of isolation and loneliness that allows for you to be able to make that full transformation and stay on that elevated enlightenment journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 100%. The first thing I thought as you were saying that is it's, it's always darkest before the dawn. Exactly. So that's a, that's a big one. It's like being on this journey, you know, whether you get there slowly or quickly there, there is this period of time and it's not necessarily a small period mm -hmm. for a lot of us. It's, it's a while where the new life has not yet emerged, but yet the old one has already kind of more or less died off. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's a lot of confusion and loneliness in that time and, and space. But to, to your point as well, it's like, as we develop a greater level of communication on an ongoing basis with God or source or the universe, again, choose language that resonates, it creates a diff, a different experience suddenly that aloneness is not the same thing as being lonely right mm -hmm. i'm alone in the 3d there's mm -hmm. another human here with me but i'm not alone yeah okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna challenge you or call you out on your we're just gonna have this conversation all right do it okay. i already know you're gonna ask me so, so let's do this so here's the thing i noticed something and i noticed that i myself also went through this process. And so when we're having these open discussions about spirituality, it's about the reference, right? Term that we choose to use. Mm -hmm. So I know for myself and my journey, it was very easy for me to attach to like spirituality and the universe and crystals and affirmations and cards and all of these tangible things that I could get my hands on that I could connect with, right, as my acceptance for this new belief, found belief system that I was aligning myself with. And then I realized all of a sudden it didn't feel authentic anymore. That felt comfortable initially, but it didn't feel authentic. 
And I was like, okay, I'm struggling now to refer to things as the universe mm-hmm. or as the creator or yeah. original <laughs> prime source creator, right? Like all of the sudden I found myself wanting to say the word God. Yep. And I realized that for me through my journey, that when I finally had the ability to openly and confidently and comfortably say, God, is when I knew I had truly accepted and received him into my heart and being as one. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you, you went here to this subject because it's so, I mean, it's massive, right? Like it's such a big subject, but for me, it just comes through, especially lately as just so key to what we're, what we're currently up-leveling as a collective. Um, you know, I sort of, as a courtesy, say God slash source slash creator slash the universe slash higher power slash blah, blah, blah. Like, right. We could say a million things, but the truth of the matter is I do that so as to not isolate the people who are still on the journey of, of reclaiming the word. And honestly, so many of us are just at the beginning stages of doing that or not even there yet. Right. But the truth of the matter is I used to say the universe pretty much exclusively, both publicly facing and also like just with myself. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you start to understand little different things. Like, for example, it is highly, highly, highly likely that we actually live in a multiverse not a universe. Right. So saying the universe, when you meet God is like introducing yourself as just your left arm. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't even make any fucking sense. Right. It doesn't even make any sense. So yeah, it's like our, I mean, this is like, if we're really going to get down to it, like, this is what I feel on mission for most. Like mm-hmm. I have my background as a therapist. Those skill sets will always be a part of how I serve. I mean, yeah. they just are. Yeah. But when I really think about like my mission here on earth, I feel so called to help people get beyond the massive amounts of distortion that we have about the word God, because ultimately it's keeping us all disconnected from source, right? Because we hear God and we're like, great, I'm checking out. Yep. And so when we get beyond that, when we actually don't recoil at that word, but actually stay strong and grounded and even more connected, it's a, it's a game changer. It changes Mm -hmm the nature of our connection to everything. Because while the word God does have a high level of distortion, it also has a high level of purity to it as well, right? Like it's, it can be both. Mm -hmm. And so yes, there's the distortion, but there's also that pure high level frequency that is available through that word. Mm -hmm. And so I can keep going forever. I'm going to just pause and breathe. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, (laughs) Well, I, there's just, my mind is just going in so many places right now because there's so much truth and urgency that we need to speak to here because we truly are in a spiritual war that we are just now awakening up to, you know, for many of us, we're awakening up to the realization that this is a spiritual war that we are in. And that right now they're trying to utilize AI as a way to extend the power and longevity that the matrix has had for keeping our consciousness asleep from who we are and our truths, right? So It's important that as a collective, we understand that we are not these individual beings out in this world, the survival of the fittest that we're, you know, it's a dog eat dog world. It's an eye for an eye and Mm -hmm. I can't count on anyone. Nobody's got my back. Nobody can do it better than me. I've only got myself. All of that is bullshit conditioning that we have been programmed to receive as our truth and reality to keep us separated that trauma of separation from God, from the creator. And then we experience the second trauma when we incarnate and we come out of the womb, you know, humans don't even understand the impact of that experience in itself in terms of the trauma response Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. the physical body. 
So right from the get-go of this human experience, the systems at B have perfected their paths in terms of being able to inflict as much trauma as early on to keep us in a fear-based state and not having the ability to access our discernment of Mm -hmm. information to utilize it in a way that's going to align with our highest and greatest good. Yeah. I mean, this stuff runs so deep. It is funny. I'm like getting activated as we're talking about this. (laughs) It's like it runs anybody who's, who watches the video of this, it's kind of funny. Like we're both like, yeah, like ah! <laughs> <laughs> but it does, it runs so deep. It's in our DNA, right? Yes. Not just from our ancestors who've also carried the stuff, but also from past lives. Like yes. for me, what was coming up as you were talking about spiritual warfare, when I first kind of became activated on, you know, quote unquote, like my mission, I, and I'm not exaggerating as I was walking around on the street, I noticed I started becoming paranoid. Like I'm not a paranoid person, but I literally was looking behind my back thinking unconsciously that I was about to be taken out. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of checked in with myself. Like I have pretty good self-observation skills. And so I was like, well, why are you having this experience? And then I realized that there's just so much trauma that lives within me. Mm -hmm. Like I said, from my ancestry and from past lives and, and all of it that actually is manifesting in this physical life, this Mm -hmm. physical lifetime in the form of me thinking I'm going to be taken out for talking about spirituality or to go further naming God. Well, but that's how conditioned we become around this whole topic, which further exemplifies the urgency in which we need to have this conversation and invite God into our being if we want to get out of this, this hell. You know, it, it's my opinion, and many are gonna, you know, I'm sure I, I trigger a lot of people with my belief systems around all of this. But again, there is this part of me that has access to information that is an all knowing that I cannot deny at a cellular level that has been stored in my DNA from all of my lifetime experiences on top of the incarnation of the generational bloodline in which we choose to incarnate and heal those traumas as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not to mention your DNA is in many ways, a spiral right into the cosmos themselves, right? So it's like within your DNA is also access to the spirit realm, to God, to To all, all, right, to all of it. So Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's not a small thing. No, it's (laughs) not a small thing. But the funny thing is, is that we, we want to overcomplicate everything, right? To stay in that state of chaos and confusion. And so ultimately, in my opinion, it doesn't get any simpler than choosing to just surrender to self-forgiveness, that self-love, being able to serve in a greater way through passion, right? Mm -hmm. Which will ultimately allow us to serve that purpose. But the thing is with purpose is purpose happens in the being, not the doing. And so we've been programmed and conditioned to believe just the opposite. We're out here chasing a purpose that is aligned with our future or our past, which is keeping us from being able to truly step into the present moment, embody it and show up of service in that moment that we are meant to be utilized. Yeah, 100%. I feel like the question you asked at the very beginning that I didn't answer has kind of been like getting fed through this entire conversation in a in a way. And it's like, ultimately, the more that we quiet our minds and come into the present moment, and like you're saying, get out of this, this I have to constantly be doing kind mm-hmm. of conditioning and allow ourselves to just be the more that we naturally find ourselves in that greater 
state of connectedness, Mm -hmm. you know, like my spiritual awakening has brought me to a place of stillness, unlike anything else in my entire life ever has before, because it's what was called for, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, when you really get to that place, it's like, this is what is required. I can't find my connection by thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I can't find my connection by going out into the world and doing a bunch of things. It's like, it's about the bravery of coming inward and being willing to rest in that place. Cause what tends to happen is because, you know, for me, it's like connection, not for me, for all of us, the connection really does happen in the body. It's like the body is, is, is the way that we get there. And what tends to happen is that as soon as we go into the body, we get kicked back out because we're scared in there. Mm -hmm. So we Mm -hmm. go into the body and we get thrown back out. So it's like the bravery of going back in again and again and again and being willing to surrender the mind to be in the body which is ultimately the source of all wisdom and and connectedness it's like that really is how it begins to happen so like if nothing else if you're hearing all this 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 whole conversation and almost feeling confused it's like to simplify it to the the highest level just be still, just try and be still a little bit every day, mm-hmm. do that for a month and, and then check back in with yourself. What's, what's the next thing I can do. But so much of it does begin with that just willingness to be. Absolutely. And this is where we've been completely hijacked as a, as a, you know, humanity, we've been hijacked because we're living in this matrix that has us believing that we are alone, that everything is a battle, that you know nothing comes easy, that blood, sweat, and tears, all mm-hmm. of the things. These are the perceptions in which we approach this experience. Therefore, when we choose to have that present moment of stillness, this feels very unsafe. I can't let my guard down when the whole world is is working against me, when the universe is working against me, whatever we want to call it is working against me. And so it requires patience and it requires some grace with self to be able Mm -hmm. to, to approach that idea of stillness because it's literally defying everything physiologically that your body has become wired and addicted to as its baseline state of safe and alive. It doesn't know good or bad. Totally, totally. And like so important and inherent in all of that is nervous system capacity, right? Like we have to expand our nervous system's ability to go against the grain, right? Mm -hmm. Because the collective is really taught to function a certain way. Like I posted something today, it's Tuesday as we're speaking, I posted something in my stories yesterday where, where I was like, every Monday I like reaffirm my identity as a rebellious person. Because on Mondays I have a rule where I don't do anything structured. I'm like, I'll work-ish a little, but like for the most part, I'm like, no. On Mondays, everybody feels obligated to be a certain way. And so mm-hmm. on Monday morning, like I'm gonna go swimming. I on Monday that. morning, I'm going to go because I've only been living in my city for nine months. Like, I'm going to go do some touristy things and check things out. Like, I will, like, intentionally challenge myself to do things that actually do require me to expand. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I'm naturally slipping back onto the frequency of the vast majority of the people. And that frequency is a fear frequency. It's an ego frequency. Mm-hmm. And it's out of sync. It's disconnected from that God frequency. Right. Which is keeping us from being able to achieve this ascension into the fifth density where Mother Earth can be supported like she was meant to before the original fall and humans can raise up with her. Unfortunately, right now, there's so many things that are working against humanity that are keeping us very much separated from Mother Earth right now. And for those that listen to the podcast that I recorded with Sal Raquel, he was explaining that right now Mother Earth is vibrating somewhere, I believe it was like a a 4.65 to a 4.75 density where humans are only vibrating at a 3.6 to a 3.8. So we are significantly under that vibration, which is why we're feeling so much chaos, so much confusion in the collective environment. So in order for us to have the ability to raise up and match that density to make this shift, 
we have to lean in. We have to trust. We have to have faith in this process amidst all of the uncertainty that's going to continue to unfold. And like you said, nervous system regulation is going to be a key component to whether or not you will physically have the ability to make this shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's scary. It's scary as all hell. And there's no, um, there's no guidebook and there's really no frame of reference, right? It's like, you're going at truly uh, not alone from the source level, but at a human level, you're truly going it alone because there's, there's nobody to, to look, to look to in a lot of ways, right? Like there's a couple people here and there, but we've become so attached to having authoritative figures to guide us along the pathway of being, you know, telling us what to do. We've got you know, our government agencies, which are deciding what is lawful. We've got courts telling us what we can and cannot do. We've got our university systems telling us what is the truth. And then we have religion, right? Telling us Mm. what is moral. So ultimately we have to funnel all of this information through all of these different biases, which are arbitrary, right? They're not going to allow us to really step into that sovereignty. It's diminishing that Mm. individual sovereignty, which then keeps us more confused and detached from that intuitive guidance, that connection with source. Yeah. I love that you're saying that it's, it's interesting. I mean, I've thought of that, but not in that exact way. And it's just so on point, you know, like when I was in sort of a turning point moment where like my spiritual awakening kind of took the next level, I sought out guidance through a coach and God was very much like, no, you're going to do this by yourself. Mm -hmm. Actually, like you need to go through this process by yourself because that way you can really learn to be, to be resourced from within Mm -hmm. instead of what we've all been conditioned to do, which is this outsourcing. And of course, you know, no, nobody is an Island. We need each other. We need to support one another and all of this, but like, it's this whole thing about like, you know, I'm not your guru, right? It's like, no, that's not how it's meant to be. Like we're meant to be on the same playing field and rise up together. I am so happy that you just said that because so many people are out there seeking the guru, right? And they're attaching to the guru and to the guru's teaching and abiding by and, and putting all of their faith and trust into this guru, which we can call what? A false idol a false God, right? So ultimately what we're doing is we're diminishing our own capacity for our true power, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is we are one with God. We are the co-creator of this experience. We are all powerful. We are powerful, empowered beings. And so right now, what I see happening in the spiritual world is there is a lot of false spirituality that Mm -hmm. is taking place that are keeping individuals trapped in this negative feedback loop, perpetuating the pain and suffering. Right now, healing has become such a buzzword. Everybody wants to heal, right? But the problem is, is that with a lot of these teaching and gurus out there, They're not really empowering people to utilize and access their own gifts, Mm -hmm. to step into their own power. So it's keeping them from being able to rise up and match that highest self, operate from those higher dimensions of knowing. Yeah, I mean... I don't even really have anything to add to that because you're just right. <laughs> you're just right. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. I have to trust that, right? No one is going to sit down and say, here's the proof and the evidence of everything yeah. you just stated, Heather. But there is something so deep within mm. me that knows that this is my truth, that I don't have to have fear about speaking these beliefs anymore because I don't need an outside bias source to validate it because I know what their agenda is and it's not aligned with my highest and greatest good. So why should I continue to deny my truths and operate from this out of alignment system that is broken, keeping humanity enslaved in a society that is serving corporate profit agendas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's such an argument for just being really mindful with, with 
where one places their focus, right? Because energy flows where attention goes. And so for me, like not in a, I have my head in the sand kind of a way, but like in a way that feels aligned with my truth, I don't look in certain directions. Mm -hmm. I just don't because mm -hmm. I know that if I do, it's just going to bring me down and deter me from what I'm actually here for. Yeah. And I think we're all being called to do that. Absolutely. So to this, okay, so I love this, that you have the ability to recognize when you need to put the blinders up and yeah. when you don't need to go there and you don't need to pursue something because what most, what most don't understand if, if I am to speak to this idea of like, we've got evil, right? We've got God, we've got the devil that with the way that Satan, Lucifer, the devil, the evil operates. They have to get us to consent because of free will. Mm -hmm. We have to consent, right? So what that means is that the devil always has to be telling you what the agenda is in order to get your consent mm -hmm. and free will. So what most people don't realize is that media is one of the ways that the devil has hijacked access to our ability to get consent. And what I mean by this is that when we listen to music and there are lyrics that are being said, this is our way of consenting by listening and giving the devil approval. I agree with this. I'm okay. My free will says yes. Same thing with movies, with TV shows, with um, mainstream media, with, you know, what's happening in social media, mm -hmm. with, mm -hmm. with our news. All of it is a way to get our consent. And we've been programmed to give it up so freely without using any discernment, mm -hmm. any, any, any intuitive knowledge to say is this right or maybe there's an evil agenda behind this that I'm being manipulated and gaslight by yeah yeah I mean first of all you're a disruptor and I love you for saying this out loud <laughs> to the public you're so on point in so many ways and just to kind of add um I mean you've already really beautifully just like named it but my experience of what you're describing is that what tends to happen is that these these darker energies they actually slip in through the cracks in us where, yeah yeah and so it's like it's a further impetus to really do the the work of like you were saying like forgiving oneself and healing but also like you were saying not in this like looped way of now my whole life purpose is about healing right it's like healing mm -hmm. and then you know living right mm -hmm. healing and then living um but yeah really understanding that you know every time we do allow our consciousness or our energy to drop down onto a lower frequency we are letting those 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 cracks kind of open back up and then that's how the darkness does slip in. And so as we become more and more, you know, kind of freed up or healed from those, those dark places and spaces, now it's like, there's no place for that stuff to, to slip through. And we really just do enter this place of, of greater oneness with God or with source slash, 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 slash. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what part of this journey is that we chose to have, right? Is through these fractures and our soul being, we have chosen to come here, have the lessons to reintegrate those fractured pieces back into our being so that we can have whole acceptance and recognize that we are one and we were never separated from the get-go. Right. And if you came here on earth at this particular moment, you are here to transmute some shit. Absolutely. This period of time is no joke. Astrologically speaking, it's wild. What's happening on the planet? Wild, right? Like it's a really, it's a powerful time to do this healing. And a lot of people will have lifetimes where not a lot of work happens, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I did a few things. I learned a couple things, but it's like, if you're on earth right now, 
chances are that's not the agenda. Chances mm -hmm. are you are here to do some work and to up level. And definitely, definitely, if you're listening to this podcast and things of this nature, you're definitely here to do some things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that it's beautiful. And how lucky are we that we have woken up to this realization of what we came here to do and now mm -hmm. we're doing it. And you know, it, it's sad that we have so much working against us in the sense of censorship and how the powers that be have really orchestrated all of the safety nets to keep information from reaching the masses. You know, right now, every time I get censored, banned, flagged, <laughs> I get excited. Because it says to me, ooh, <laughs> I'm on to them. <laughs> they You're doing me, something right. <laughs> they see me coming. So I am definitely speaking the truth and I can get really excited about this. Now, initially I would get triggered. I would get so infuriated. And then I realized that with each trigger and each reaction I was having, what I was doing was draining my life force and serving it directly to the darkness because now mm -hmm. I'm in such a chaotic, dysregulated state, I can't serve in the present moment. I've been completely hijacked by the confusion and mm -hmm. the frustration mm -hmm. that my ego got attached to that was never real to begin with, right? Right, <laughs> right. which so. means mission accomplished for yeah. them, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. And so I, I think that there's just so many beautiful learnings in this journey that we have, but majority of the work that we have to do here is the unlearning. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an unbecoming process on so many levels. And as you unlearn or unbecome simultaneous to that, there's a natural unearthing process and unearthing of your true soul essence, your unique right. soul essence and frequency. And so it's like this dual process that happens and it's really expansive because it does get to, it does happen at, at, at once. And so it's like, I'm letting go of all this stuff and I'm realizing who I really am. I mean, it's powerful and mind blowing and heartbreaking and all of the things, but it's really, um, at the core of it, it's just incredibly beautiful. I mean, mm -hmm. I've been through, as a result of my most recent spiritual awakening over this last year, I mean, I've been through more pain than I ever had been through in my life. And I am so grateful for all of that. And I'm not saying that as like a buzz word, right. like right. truly the yeah. level of gratitude that I have for everything that I've been through, because now I go outside and it's like, I feel a level of oneness. I feel a level of connectedness. Mm -hmm. Like Again, I like hesitate to say certain things because I think people will call bullshit, but like it really is true. This morning I was walking my dog and there's like a big bug that was like really like objectively pretty gross and it was dead on the side of the road. And my inner response was, oh, I'm sorry, buddy. Like that was how I responded. And I like laughed at myself because I'm like, I literally am like having a small level of grief about this like dead Bug. That's, that's because I feel connected to all living things. That's so beautiful. And that's so huge. And I want to expand upon that with something I just recently experienced, which really validated for me where I'm at in my process. So I'm sure you're familiar with the monster Dahmer series that's, mm -hmm. you know, on network Netflix, right? Well, Initially, I had a real resistance. I had no desire to watch it whatsoever, like zero desire. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I got a whisper from God and he said, you can watch it. And so I was like, oh, interesting. Same thing happened with Stranger Things. That's a whole nother thing. I'll... <laughs> so, so I thought, okay, this is interesting. So I decided to watch it. And I went into it with a very open mind just very curious about why I was getting this guidance to watch this series. And as I watched the series, something really beautiful happened. And I started to cultivate a very, very deep, empathetic compassion and understanding of who he truly was and what he really experienced those traumas. Every time I could see where his soul fractured, you could literally see mm. the parts of him where he started to fracture based on what was happening in his environment. And so it really was a moment of awareness for me to, to really make me 
validate and understand the level of compassion I have the capability of holding for others. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. It is like, beautiful. For me to sit there and say, I actually can hold love in my heart for this serial killer is like, holy shit. Yeah. And talk about triggering because that will trigger some people. Absolutely. And then on top of that, what it did was it allowed me to revert back to a present moment situation in which I am experiencing in my personal life with my relationship. And it allowed me to have a little deeper understanding and compassion for something that I don't know if I would have had the awareness for had I not watched that series Mm. and had that moment of understanding. Mm. It might not have had me revisit something. Yeah. So Christina, I don't know about you, but I know for myself that throughout this journey, there have been a lot of challenges that have presented in my personal relationships as I've gone through these different moments. And for me, this has, this has been something that's been very, very challenging. A lot of it due to codependency tendencies, right? And attachment and this fear of abandonment and rejection that the lens in which I have approached the relationships and situations throughout my journey have changed. They have changed significantly. And so I know that we're, we're already a little over an hour on today's interview. So I would like to take this conversation of relationships in terms of what we're experiencing now within our own individual awakening processes or non-awakening processes, <laughs> because there's many who are not, you know, having that, um, And then also this idea of truly accepting God and inviting God in as our primary relationship with self and how this impacts our relationships with others, whether it's a family member, maybe it's a spouse or a partner. Um, As we go through this journey, there's so many things that come up that have to be addressed in order for us to stay on mission and alignment that more often than less, we're not willing to truly examine and look at those relationship dynamics. And we shut down, we go into denial, we, you know, we, in, we go back within, we self-betray, we, mm-hmm. we do all of these things. So I feel it's necessary for us to have a part two and dive deeply into all of the dynamics around relationships, as we go through this process as a collective, and then also just, you know, as we go through our own individual relationships with inviting God in. Beautiful. Yeah, I would love to. I mean, we don't exist in a, in a vacuum or a bubble, like we are interpersonal relational beings. And so as we awaken and, and connect with our, our, you know, source and, and our God selves, it's like, there are inevitably changes that occur in many, many levels of, of, of our lives. And so, yeah, it's a, it's an important conversation and I'm excited to, to keep having it with you. Excellent. Well then everyone listening, we will be following up with part two next week. So stay tuned and uh, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Do me a favor. And if you loved this episode, please go leave a review. Reviews help make sure that this content reaches more people so that we can continue to heal as a collective. Remember to take a screenshot that you're listening and tag us on Instagram at Heather Barbieri RDN for a 15% discount on the Retrain Your Brain program. See you next time.